What's up, y'all? Welcome back into the Lacrosse Bucket Podcast. Tanner Demling here with y'all as always as we continue our conference preview series. Moving on today to the NEC. Previewed the MAC yesterday. We will have the Patriot League tomorrow. And on Friday, we'll have the SOCON for y'all. And that will wrap up our conference preview series. Sunday, as I mentioned on last podcast, we will get into the gear, get into the season schedule Sunday, Tuesday, Thursday. Sunday will be a mailbag episode. I don't think I mentioned that on last podcast either, but uh, did not mention that on last podcast, but uh, that will be the case. So, uh, But here we're talking about the NEC, the Northeastern Conference. Um, and look, this is a conference been, that's been ever-changing in recent years. The addition of LIU and Merrimack have added new blood. Robert Morris left after 2020, which left a space where one of the best teams in the conference used to sit. Um, you know, the NEC has been very interesting to follow the past few years, and you know, I certainly don't expect that to ch- don't expect that to change here. In 2022, especially amongst the top tier teams in the conference. So, a little refresher how things ended last season. St. Joseph's finished the regular season atop the conference in first place. Hobart was second, Bryant third, LIU fourth, Merrimack fifth, Mount St. Mary's sixth, Wagner seventh, Sacred Heart Eighth, uh, Wagner, Sacred Heart each had one win um, on the season. Merrimack, um, as y'all know, cannot play in postseason play until 2024. Uh, so uh, they were not eligible last year, not eligible this year either, as they're still going through that grace period since moving up to uh, Division One from Division Two. Uh, Bryant ended up winning the conference uh, tournament uh, as they beat, I believe it was St. Joseph's, right, in the title game uh, there, again, uh, beating them in in the title game uh, last season, um, if memory serves correct. So let's pull that up real quick. Be sure on that. But let's get into things here. Uh, and we start with Bryant um, as the Bulldogs. And look, the, I'm going to be honest. There's not much to say about Bryant because uh, this team is stacked. This team is, is stacked. Uh, they were stacked last year. I think they similarly uh, this year. Okay, yes, it was. They beat St. Joseph's in the title game. Um, and, man, I think they're going to be back. Uh, look, you lose Ryan Baker, Zach Coffey, Jake Fisk, uh, LSM. You lose those two poles or three poles there. That's tough. That's tough. But look who you get back. Mark O'Rourke, Luke McGovern, uh, or, excuse me, Logan McGovern uh, on attack. Luke uh, uh in cage. Um, apologies for the mispronunciation. I have... A written down somewhere, but uh, cannot find. Uh, should be 
in this notebook, but apologize for the mispronunciation there. Um, but y- you have those guys back. Like, and then even on top of that, Bennett uh, Albaldane and Brody Rule, LeJohn Jones, who I think is going to have a big season for them. Nathan uh, Liebert and Jacob Alexander as a one-two punch at the dot, unlike anything we've seen in the MAC in terms of a two, two, two-man tandem there. I know, not taking away anything from Zach Cole, uh, but uh, uh, Liebert and Alexander, uh, you know, really solid unit last season. Obviously, Liebert uh, injured uh, after his mid-season was injured. Uh, Alexander pick, picked up the pace, and they didn't miss a beat there at the face-off dot. So this is a team that is absolutely stacked, and it starts with Mark O'Rourke. Uh, this is a guy who missed most of the season to myocarditis, returns in the final five games, puts up, puts up a whopping 25 points, 21 goals, four assists in five games. Five games. Now, I will tell you, Virginia, I think, did a dang good job on him. Um, but that didn't matter. They still played Virginia pretty dang good um, because this team gets out in between the boxes and they run. And this team can do it. They do it with guys like LeJohn Jones. They're a, a pole that can take it upfield. Uh, they do it with uh, guys like Lieber and Alexander at the faceoff dot. Uh, this is going to be an exciting team once again. Um, you know, they do add a couple transfers. Zach Lanou, a midfielder out of Hartford. Um, Henry Watson, a defenseman out of Ohio State. A Texas native who uh, is really, really good high school player. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he can get some playing time here uh, under Mike Pressler. And then Connor Whalen, who saw some time at LSM for uh, Maryland. He comes up to uh, Bryant as well and mentioned they like to get out and run uh, with their poles, like to uh, have some good they, – they play well in the middle of the field. Uh, we'll see how that goes if Waylon can contribute to that here in 2022. But I just think Bryant, up and down the roster, um, no-brainer the best team in the conference by far. Mike Pressler has built a, a machine there. <laughs> um you know, they had a couple bad seasons, but they bounced back last year. And look, they suffered injuries. They had, you know, COVID issues, all of this. And they fought through all of that. Like, it was it was a grind. Like, they were they went through it, and they came out on top. They, they, they were the toughest team in the country last year in that regard. And they're coming into that into the season after what they experienced last year with the majority of those guys back. It, that's going to be a hard team to beat. Hard team to beat. I don't know. I don't, I don't care who you are. That's going to be a tough team to beat. I don't care if you're Virginia or if you're Hobart. Like, like that's going to be a tough team to beat there in Bryant. Speaking of Hobart, we move on to them. NEC semifinalist a year ago. Uh, this is a team, they lose two big pieces. And I think these are two. I think they lose more than any other team in this conference. Jason Knox, he's gone. Drew Blanchard, he's gone. Both gone to Columbus, Ohio, where they will be playing for Nick Myers and the Buckeyes. Um, two big losses there, and, and especially Blanchard. And I don't know, you know, we've seen them do this, Matthew Pettacini to Drew Blanchard, 
I think they got another guy there in the pipeline that should be able to step it up at the face-off dot. Is he going to be as good? Maybe, maybe not. Time will tell on that. Um, but offensively, I think this is still a pretty dang good team. Uh, yes, Jason Knox is a, a tremendous shooter, and you lose him. But he didn't play for the majority of last season. Uh, you get Derek Madonna back. You get Ryan Archer back. Um, you know, Madonna, 22 goals, 12 assists. Archer, 16 goals, 16 assists a year ago. You get those two guys back to lead your offense. On the back end, you get Kyle Nalen and Michael Christensen. And look, this is a Hobart defense that I have not been that impressed by the past couple seasons. Kevin Holtby, I think, is a, is a comparable goalie. He's no Sam Lucchese, but he's been pretty solid, was pretty solid last year. 53% safe percentage as a first-year starter. We'll see how he can grow here in 2022. So I think this is a Hobart team, by and large, is still going to be one of the better teams in the conference. You know, I, I think if they can't figure out the face-off dot, they could have some problems. But overall, I think they're still going to be in that top tier in the NEC. Another team that should still be in the top tier here is LIU. Um, and look, LIU had a phenomenal season last year. They were the darlings of the NEC last year. Uh, and this the, just their second year as a Division One, the Sharks put together an impressive you know, five-game winning streak there uh, that included a win over Hobart, uh, which was kind of an you know, early mid-season uh, when that whole streak happened. Um, and look, in 2022, they returned two of their best players. Um, they, they returned the NEC Offensive Player of the Year, Richie LaCalandra, and they returned the conference's Defensive Player of the Year in Will Mark. Uh, Calandra, 32 goals, 29 assists. Um, one of the best players in the country that you know really doesn't get talked enough talked about enough. Um, you know, Will Mark is also in that camp. I mean, the guy won 192 saves, 57% save percentage. Uh, the pair serve as the uh, you know proverbial rocks of this team um, coming into the season. And look, this team is built around those two guys on both ends. And look, they're not the only guys there. There's certainly depth to this team. My question is how much depth? And uh, can they can they get, like, is this an LIU team that could legitimately win the NEC? You know, I, I don't know. They haven't beaten Bryant. They haven't beaten St. Joseph's. I think if they if they do those two things, we will know LIU has arrived as a Division One power within the conference. Um, and, and look, if they can do those two things this year, I think that's huge. Whether they win the conference or not, if they beat a Bryant, they beat a St. Joseph's in conference play, that's going to be freaking big for this program. It's going to be big for this program. And they had some big wins last year. I mentioned over Hobart. Look, if they can beat Hobart again, that's going to be big again for this program. Um you know, and Richie Lacalandra, Will Mark, all the two guys to know. Uh, they they get in a bunch of grad, a bunch of transfers, including four guys from Hartford. Um, they get in Trevor Bell, uh, midfielder out of Suffolk. 
Community College, Justin Joseph, another face-off uh, face guy out of uh, Lycoming, uh, Sean Gilliman, a goalie out of Hartford, Chris Campbell, a defenseman of, out of Hartford, Tommy Ramsey and Xander Hawk, uh, midfielders, Hawk, uh, midfielders out of Hartford. So uh, you got a little Hartford squad going on there in LI, on Long Island uh, with LIU, but this is a team that I'm still you know, pretty high on, pretty excited about with, especially with Calandra Wilmark coming back. Uh, Merrimack, another team that has you know, recently moved up to Division two, to Division One from Division II, uh, Division Division Two National Champions 2018-2019. And look, uh, they won't be able to compete in the postseason until 2024. Uh, but it, and, you know, I mentioned Merrimack as one of my teams the other day in an article, uh, teams with, with big potential coming into 2022, and Merrimack was one of those teams. Uh, this is a team that is wildly underrated as to what they can be this season. Now, look, they're not going to make the postseason because they can't. They can't. And, and that stinks. That that really stinks. It's a stupid rule. It's a stupid rule. But they can still make do some damage in the regular season. You got the Rooney brothers, T- Jack and Tommy, back after combining for 67 points a year ago. On the back end, all in EC selection, Nicholas Perez Blanco is back. Uh, as their top returning pole for a defense that was fairly green a year ago. You had a freshman in Henry Voigt anchoring things in cage, 53% save percentage. And this was a team overall that was pretty young at many spots, including on defense. And this is a team that, through their first two seasons of Division One play, has shown a lot of progress. Um, that progress should continue here in 2022. Again, Merrimack's not going to make the postseason because they can't. But they could finish pretty high in the conference standings in the regular season. They finished last year, what I say, in fifth. Let's see if they can finish in fourth. Won't mean much uh, in, in, in the postseason race, but it'll mean a lot for, for, for those guys and for that program because they, they've, they have – They've grown a lot. They've grown a lot. Moving on to the Mount St. Mary's Mountaineers. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. This is a team that I have question marks all around. I have no clue what to make of this team. You lose Luke Frankeny, Sam Steffen at the faceoff dot, Dylan McIntosh on defense, Dylan Foden back in cage. You lose everybody. Jake Krieger is your top midfielder coming back. Steven Schmidt is a good LSM coming back. I mean, you know, this is a team that went 4-9 and nine a year ago. A lot of people thought they were going to be better than that. Um, a very distasteful season. You know, where do they go from here? I think this is going to be a reset year, honestly. like, And look, you could say, oh, well, that was last year was a reset year. No. I mean, you could say that, but like this year, they lose all of these top guys that have been their top guys at those positions. Luke Frankeny, Sam Steffen, Brian McIntosh, Dylan Fernback. Those have been the core. Those guys have been the core of this team for multiple years now. You lose all of them. Doesn't matter how good you, how bad or how good your season was a year ago. You lose that much talent. You know, 
that much veteran leadership, that's gonna, you know, that that's gonna sting. And look, you can get some young guys in there and say they don't know they're not supposed to be good and to have a good season and all this. That, that hey man, I'll tell you that could happen. Totally could. But I, I just have my questions on what this team can actually accomplish in 2022. Sacred Heart, similar situation. Logan Leisureberg is now at UMass. Drew Edwards is now at Providence, both grad transfers. Tristan Tristan Dowd, gone. Colton King and Cage, gone. A lot of loss. A lot of loss. Now, I will tell you, this team, I do think, um, is going to have a pretty solid defense. Connor Sullivan is back at close, and uh, my guy Donovan Lacey is back at the defensive midfield spot. Uh, this is a – I love this guy's game. Donovan Lacey, uh, Swiss Army Knife type guy. Um does it all. Absolutely does it all. Uh, you, you, you see him playing on the D end. You see him making plays offensively. He scores goals. He does dances afterwards. I mean, this is the number. Like, if you want to know anybody of Sacred Heart coming into the season, Donovan Lacey is the name to know there. Donovan Lacey. They get two transfer additions. Skylar Wild, attackman out of Nassau Community College, and Zach Buffington, defenseman, out of Hartford, uh, there we'll see how that goes. Um, I mentioned Connor Sullivan, a close defenseman, which returns for the fifth year. Um, we'll see. He leads this defense. Thomas Houlihan, another guy back as well. Uh, so we'll see how things go with this Sacred Heart team. I don't expect too much from them uh, this season, uh, but as I said, you know Donovan Lacey, name to know. St. Joseph's. So, I've had some people tell me, Tanner, why are you so high on, on St. Joseph's coming in this season? Sure, Zach Cole is, is the best face-off man in the conference, and, and that, that's going to be good. But they lost so much on offense. You, know, you people who say that, I don't think you really know exactly what they lost on offense. Matt Tufano is the only guy they lost, only key guy they lost on offense. Ryan Dolan, back. Matt Bomer, back. Levi Anderson, back. What are you talking about? Lose a lot on offense. I don't know what you people are talking about. Um, now, sure, this offense could be better. Absolutely could. Uh, they've had their struggles. And so if you want to say that, that's, that's admissible. But you know, walk into court and say, St. Joseph's, they lost a lot on offense. Look at the stat sheet. Look at the roster. Son, what do you want? Um, this is a team that's going to be a good team again, St. Joseph's. Uh, Zach Cole, I mentioned the the, the offensive guys um, and that little rant there. Um you know, I, I do think, and I will agree, this offense could be better. Um, the, Zach Cole is obviously the, the, the kind of the focus of this team for a lot of people. Um, this was a team that was really good a year ago. I think they're going to be really good again this year. Um, and look, they have made the NEC title game four times. 2015, 2016, 2018, 2021. They continue to lose it. They continue to lose it. Um, 
they like they I think this is the year if they're gonna get over the hump, if they're gonna win the NEC, this is the year they're gonna do it. And look, I could sit here two, three years from now and probably say the same thing because that just seems like what happens with St. Joseph's. But seriously, if they do, like I think this team could win the NEC. If there's anybody out there that's going to test Bryant, it's going to be St. Joseph's. Uh, Patrick Clemens, I haven't mentioned defense yet. Patrick Clemens, solid defenseman. Logan Blondell, also back there. Tucker Albany saw action as a starter last year for the majority of the year. I think he should improve. Uh, you get in uh, two transfers, Alex Borg, faceoff man out of Providence. You know, I don't know how much time he's going to see with Zach Cole, but it's a good you know, reliever, if you will. Uh, Zach Lee, defenseman out of Syracuse, comes in as well. So we'll see what those guys do. But I think just in general, this is a St. Joseph's team that is uh, pretty good and I think is going to challenge for that NEC title once again. And as I mentioned, especially with Zach Cole at the faceoff dot, um, no, he was the specialist of the year, did, did amazing things a year ago. Um, and look, Dolan, Bomer, Anderson, that's a solid trio there on offense. Yes, there could be some improvement there. But St. Joseph's overall, and for, for my money, second best team in, in, in the NEC. Wagner, uh, they beat Sacred Heart 11-9 to in comeback fashion a year ago to get their only win of the season, which was also their first win over a conference opponent since 2017. Biggest question for them coming in the season, okay, you broke that losing streak. Can you push forward? And how do you push forward? You lose some key players there um, on both ends of the field. Um, but you get back Stephen Dwyer, you get uh, an attack. He's been a leader on this offense for multiple years, had 23 points a year ago, expecting him to lead the way again. Um, Brendan Higgins on defense coming back as well. Uh, you also have uh, Danny Cassidy uh, coming in there uh, as a transfer on defense from Stony Brook. Uh, he started all 14 games for the Seawolves last year. Uh, had 33 ground balls, 12 cars turnovers. Was a really good pull there for uh, the Seawolves. So we'll be interesting to see how that addition uh, helps this team. Uh, Dan McCauley, midfielder out of DePaul. Uh, DePaul, D-E-P-A-U-W, not DePaul uh, in Chicago. DePaul in uh, Indiana. Um, D3 guy uh, was pretty good there, so we'll see know what he does with um, with this Wagner offense if he has any impact there uh, as well. So uh, Wagner, uh, just can you move forward? Like you, you got over the hump, you got the streak off your back, you got the monkey off your back. Now you got to keep on running in the right direction. Moving on to the final segment here, uh, 2022 NEC predictions. I think I already made it clear. <laughs> Bryant, I'm picking outright to win the conference. B. 
be that number one team slotted there in the final standings. St. Joseph's number two, Hobart number three, LIU number four. I have Merrimack at number five. Um, and look, I think that top five is clear-cut. Clear-cut top five. Um, I do think Merrimack could finish higher, but because like they're not, it's not going to mean anything postseason-wise, um, I just put them there at five. So, you know, I, I, I do think, like, I am pretty high on Merrimack. I think they could finish as high as three um, in the conference this year. Uh, depending on what they do. Um, but, again, it's not going to matter. Uh, the bottom three teams here, I think, are pretty solidified as well. Mount St. Mary's, Wagner, and Sacred Heart. There's just a ton of questions surrounding each of those teams. Um, you know, I do think Wagner, with some of those transfer additions, uh, could possibly take a step up again. Uh, but, you know, we'll have to see Mount St. Mary's, Sacred Heart, lose a whole heck of a lot of talent uh, from the past couple seasons. You know, we'll see how they do. Uh, but it looks, looks like it's not going to be too too strong of, of a year for either of those three, uh, at least from what I'm, what I'm saying. Offensive player of the year, do I even need to say it? Mark O'Rourke, attackman of Bryant. Uh, he honestly would have been it last year if he played the full season. Uh, the guy... I think I saw, I can't remember who it was, someone on Twitter the other day. Might have been Paul Cargatella called him the most underrated player in college lacrosse. And now I know, I know, we use underrated way too much in lacrosse. Uh, but uh, th- that is a true, pretty true statement. I, I, I wouldn't say he's the most underrated coming into this year, given what he did at the end of last season and the attention he got for it. But um, yeah, certainly a guy that needs more, more praise uh, than he's gotten, uh, and you could say that throughout his entire career. He's been fantastic. Uh, defensive player of the year, I have Will Mark. Uh, he's the best goalie in the conference. Um, I think he's going to help lead LIU to another pretty strong season. So, And look, he was the defensive player of the year last year as well, so I'm calling him to repeat uh, in that position here in 2022. That is all for today's episode. Um, as I mentioned at the intro, uh, tomorrow we'll have the Patriot League preview uh, Friday. We'll have the SoCon preview. Uh, and then Sunday, getting back to our normal in-season podcast schedule uh, with the post-college lacrosse game being on Saturday. As always, uh, stay tuned to lacrossebucket.com. Uh, for all the latest you know, news and notes in the college lacrosse world. Uh, stay connected, social media, Facebook, inst- Instagram, Twitter, at Lacrosse Bucket, uh, my personal Twitter, at Tanner underscore Dimling. As always, have a great week. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you all tomorrow.